0: Saul. The first book of Kings, or the first book of Samuel, whichever we wish to call it, continues with the story of King Saul. This begins at about 1100 BC. As we have seen previously, that The request of the Israelites to have a king was displeasing to Samuel because he knew that the Lord God was their king and none other. Nevertheless, God told him to hearken to the voice of the people and to give them a king. And so it came to pass that Sis, a man of Gaba of the tribe of Benjamin, had a son whose name was Saul. Among all the children of Israel, there was no more beautiful person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he appeared above all the people. One day, when the asses of Saul's father were lost, he went with a servant to look for them, and they came as far as Ramah, where Samuel lived. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, Behold the man that shall reign over my people. Samuel said to Saul, Thou shalt stay with me today, and I will let thee go in the morning. As for the asses, be not solicitous, because they are found. On the following morning Samuel said to Saul, Arise, and I will go with thee. As they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel took out a vial of oil, and poured it upon Saul's head, and kissed him, and said, Behold, the Lord hath anointed thee to be prince over his inheritance. Saul returned home, but of the matter of the kingdom of which Samuel had spoken to him, he said nothing. Samuel called together the people of the Lord to Mizpah, and he said to them, You have rejected your God, who alone saved you out of all your tribulations. You have said... Set a king over us. Now therefore, stand before the Lord by your tribes and by your families. And Samuel cast the lot, and it fell upon the tribe of Benjamin. He called the tribe of Benjamin forth, and the next lot came to Saul the son of Sis. They sought him therefore, but he could not be found. Then they consulted the Lord, whether he should come thither. And the Lord answered, He is hidden at home. And so they ran and fetched him hence. When he stood in the midst of the people, he was higher than any of them, from the shoulders upward. And Samuel said to the people, Surely you see that there is none like him whom the Lord hath chosen. And the people cried out, God save the king. About a month after this, Neas, the king of the Ammonites, came up and besieged Jabez in Galad. The men of Jabez said to him, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve thee. But Neas answered, On this condition will I make a covenant with you, that I may play, pluck out all your right eyes and make you a reproach in all Israel. But they sent messengers to Gaba, to the city of Saul, to call for help. All the people began to cry aloud. Saul was just following the oxen from the field. When he heard why the people cried, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He took a yoke of oxen, cut them in pieces, and sent them into all the borders of Israel by messengers, saying, Whosoever shall not come forth and follow Saul and Samuel, so shall it be done to his oxen. And three hundred thousand men followed him. On the morrow, He came from three sides into the midst of the Ammonites' camp in the morning watch and slew and scattered the enemy so that no two of them were left together. All the people went with Saul and Samuel to Gilgal and confirmed Saul as king. Then Samuel said to all Israel, Behold, I have hearkened to your voice and have set a king over you. He shall now go before you. I am become old. From my youth I have gone before you. Speak of me before the Lord. Whom have I wronged? Whom have I appraised? From whom have I taken a bribe? They answered, Thou hast not wronged us, nor taken aught at any man's hand. Then Samuel said to the people, You have done much evil. At least now do not depart from following the Lord. Serve him with all your heart, and he will not forsake you. I will pray for you. So Samuel then, to all intents and purposes, took his retirement as being the judge of Israel and left the centre court to the new king, Saul. However, Samuel was, of course, nevertheless, to exercise an enormous influence on future events. In the second year of Saul's reign, the Philistines came up to fight against Israel. Saul was at Galgal, where he waited for seven days for Samuel to come and to offer sacrifice. But when Samuel did not come, the people were afraid and slipped away from Saul. So he said, Bring me the holocaust and the peace offerings. And he offered the holocaust. As soon as he had offered it, however, Samuel came. Saul went forth to salute him. Samuel said, What hast thou done? Saul answered, I saw the people slipping away from me. Forced by necessity, I offered the holocaust. Samuel said, Thou hast done foolishly. Thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought out a man according to his own heart and commanded him to be prince over his people. Samuel then went away. Saul defeated the Philistines by an all-heroic act of his son Jonathan. During the night, Jonathan and his armour-bearer climbed up the steep rocks into the camp of the Philistines and killed many. There arose a great uproar in the camp of the Philistines, and they in their panic killed each other. They took to flight, and Saul pursued and defeated them. One day Samuel said to Saul, Go and smite the Amalekites destroy all that they have. Saul smote the Amalekites, but the best sheep and the auction he spared, and destroyed only what was vile and good for nothing. He also erected for himself a triumphal arch after the manner of the pagan kings. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I repent that I have made Saul king, for he hath forsaken me and hath not performed my commandments. Samuel arose early in the morning to go to Saul. When Samuel was come to Saul, Saul said to him, I have fulfilled the word of the Lord. But Samuel said, What meaneth this bleating of the sheep and the lowing of the oxen which I have heard? Saul answered, The people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen, that they might be sacrificed to the Lord. But Samuel answered, Abedience is better than sacrifices. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, the Lord hath also rejected thee from being king. Then Samuel departed to Ramah. He saw Saul no more until the day of his death. It was the custom, of course, in these holy wars that everything should be utterly destroyed. And the tragedy was here that uh, Saul rather than obeying God's commandment, interpreted his own instructions. We have seen how beautifully he began his reign, how humble and self-effaced he was, how after having been first anointed by Saul, he said nothing to anyone. He did not push himself forward. And even on the day of his election by lots, with all the people of Israel gathered together, he yet hid himself and would not come forth. He was so shy. And together with that shyness, he was of magnificent physique and exceedingly handsome. And there's always something particularly touching about those who are physically attractive and at the same time humble and self-effaced. Because it's so easy, of course, for attractive people to become vain and overpowering. How tragic that he was also impatient, that he would not wait until Providence unfolded, until Saul came to offer uh, until Samuel came to offer the sacrifice. And this so often happens with those who are called by Almighty God, that they consider themselves to be nothing at the beginning, that they are humble, they are self-effaced. But in due course, their power and their influence goes to their head and then they, ta- they begin to take initiatives and to rely and to trust in themselves rather than in Almighty God. And the Lord said to Samuel, For Samuel still loved Saul, How long will you mourn for Saul whom I have rejected? Fill thy horn with oil, and go to Isai the Bethlehemite. I have provided me a king among his sons. Invite Isai and his sons to a sacrificial meal, and I will show thee whom thou shalt anoint. Samuel did as the Lord had commanded. When Samuel beheld Isai's eldest son, he thought, This is certainly the one chosen by God. But the Lord said to Samuel, Look not upon the height of his stature, not him have I chosen. The Lord beholdeth the heart. Isaiah brought six other sons before Samuel, but Samuel said, The Lord hath not chosen any one of these. Are these all thy sons? Isaiah answered, The youngest still remaineth, he keepeth his sheep. Samuel said, Send someone to fetch him. When David was come, the Lord said to Samuel, Arise and anoint him for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. The Spirit of the Lord, however, had now departed from Saul, and an evil spirit troubled him. And the servants of Saul said to him, We will seek out a man skillful in playing the harp, that when the evil spirit is upon thee, he may play, and thou mayest bear it more easily. The king agreed. Then one of the servants said, I know a son of Esai, the Bethlehemite. He's a skillful player, a valiant man, a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent for David, and he loved him, and he made him his armour-bearer. Whenever the evil spirit was upon Saul, David played upon the harp, and the evil spirit departed from him. Soon after this, the Philistines yet again gathered together to battle against Israel. They were encamped on a mountain on one side, and Israel was encamped on a mountain on the other side. There was only the valley between them. Now there went out from the camp of the the Philistines a man named Goliath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was clothed with a brass coat of mail, He had greaves of brass on his legs and a buckler of brass covered his shoulders. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. Goliath cried out to the bands of Israel, Choose out a man off you, and let him come down and fight hand to hand. If he kill me, we will be servants to you, but if I kill him, you shall serve us. Thus he did morning and evening for forty days. Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and greatly afraid. David's three eldest brothers followed Saul to the battle. David often went home to watch his sheep. One day his father sent him into the camp to see if his brothers were well. When David heard the Philistine, he said, Who is this Philistine? That he should defy the enemies, the, the armies of the living God. I will fight against him. Saul answered, Thou art not able to fight against him, for thou art but a boy, and he is a warrior from his youth. David said, Lions and bears have I killed when they stole my sheep. The same shall I do to this Philistine. The Lord will deliver me out of his hand. And Saul said, Go, and the Lord be with thee. This is a most remarkable incident that uh, the armies of Israel, including Saul himself, were all afraid of this Philistine. And it's uh, also a remarkable thing that uh, the war could have been resolved by a single combat of a hand-to-hand fight between two men. Would that uh, all wars could be solved so easily. And yet, among all the people of God, there were none to challenge Goliath except David, who was only, as Saul says, but a boy. How Saul could have allowed him to do this is very um, mysterious. We can only assume that Saul, at this stage, as we are told that he loved David, could already see the hand of God in him and perhaps already saw in him an instrument of God's providence. Saul therefore clothed David with his own garments, and put a helmet of brass upon his head, and armed him with a coat of mail. But David could not walk in the armour, for he was not accustomed to it. So he put it off again, and he took his staff, chose five smooth stones out of the brook, put them into his shepherd's scrip, and took his sling in his hand. Thus he went forth against the Philistine. When, when Goliath beheld David, he cried out, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with a staff? Come, I will give thy flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the earth. David said to him, Thou comest to me with sword, spear, and shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, whom thou hast defied. This day the Lord will deliver thee into my hand. All the earth shall know that there is a God in Israel. When the Philistine arose and drew nigh to meet David, David took a stone out of his grip and cast it with the sling at the Philistine. It struck him in the forehead and he fell on his face upon the earth. David ran and stood over the Philistine, took out his sword from the sheath and cut off his head. And all the other Philistines, seeing that their champion was dead, fled away. The children of Israel shouted, killed many of the Philistines and plundered their camp. After David had slain the Philistine, Goliath, he returned with Saul and the army. And the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing, Saul slew his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. And from that day, He never looked upon David with a friendly eye because of his consuming jealousy. The next day when David played before him, Saul twice threw his spear at him, thinking to nail him to the wall, but David quickly stepped aside. Saul began to fear David, for he saw that the Lord was with him. He made him captain over a thousand men, thinking that he would be killed in battle. But the Lord was with David. And all Israel loved him. Saul then promised to give David his daughter Michal to wife if he should kill a hundred Philistines. He thought that he would deliver David into their hands. But when David in fact killed two hundred Philistines, Saul gave him Michal. Saul saw that the Lord was with David and feared him all the more. After the fight with Goliath, Jonathan, the son of Saul, was deeply impressed and loved David as his own soul. So when Saul spoke to Jonathan and to all his servants that they should kill David, Jonathan said to his father, Sin not, O king, against thy servant David. He hath not sinned against thee, and his deeds are much to thy advantage. He hath exposed his life and killed the Philistine. Thou sawest it, and thou didst rejoice. Why wilt thou sin against innocent blood by killing David, who is without fault? When Saul heard this, he swore, As the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. When the war began again, David fought once more against the Philistines and slaughtered a great number, and Saul again was envious. The evil spirit came upon him, and he cast his spirit David, who again slipped away, and the spear was fastened in the wall. David fled into his house. Saul sent guards to watch him, that he might be killed in the morning. But Michal, David's wife, let him down through a window. He went to visit Samuel in Ramatha, and told him all that had occurred. When Saul again sent men to take David, he fled into the desert with some faithful followers. Jonathan tearfully departed from David, saying, Go in peace. What we have sworn and the name of the Lord, we will keep. David dwelt in the desert in the stronghold of Engadi. When Saul heard this, he went out with three thousand men to seek David. Saul went into a cave in order to relieve himself. David and his servants lay hid in the innermost parts of the cave, unknown to Saul. His servants said to him, This is the day on which the Lord hath delivered thy enemy into thy hands. David answered, The Lord forbid that I should lay hand on his anointed one. Then David arose and secretly cut a piece out of the hem of Saul's robe. When Saul was gone out of the cave, David cried out after him, My Lord, the king! Saul looked behind him, and David bowed himself to the ground, saying, Behold, this day thy eyes have seen that the Lord hath delivered thee into my hand. But I did not put out my hand against my Lord, because he is the Lord's anointed. Yea, my father, see here the hem of thy robe. Now thou seest that there is no iniquity in my hand, but thou liest in wait for my life. The Lord judged between me and thee. May he deliver me out of thy hands. Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And he began to weep. Then he said, Thou art more just than I, for thou hast done good to me, and I have rewarded thee with evil. The Lord reward thee for what thou hast done to me this day. Then Saul went home. David and his men went up into the strongholds. Unfortunately, however, soon afterwards, his men came up to Saul and told him that David was in the desert of Zip, within the south of Hebron. So Saul, the evil spirit once again upon him, went down with 3,000 men to seek David. But David secretly went with Abishai to the place where Saul had encamped. Saul was sleeping in his tent, and the spear was fixed in the ground at his head. Abazai wished to kill him, but David said to him, Who shall put forth his hand against the Lord's anointed, and shall be guiltless? So David took the spear and the water cup, and went away. From the top of a near hill he called to Abner, Saul's general, Why hast thou not guarded the Lord thy king? Where is the king's spear and water cup? Saul knew David's voice and said, Is this thy voice, my son David? David answered, it is my voice, my lord the king. Wherefore doth my lord pursue his servant? What have I done? The king of Israel has come out to seek me as the partridges hunted in the mountains. Saul answered, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will no more do thee harm, because my life hath been precious in thy eyes this day. Then David went his way, and Saul returned home. About this time Samuel died and was buried in Ramatha, the city of his fathers, and all Israel mourned for him. Yet again, the Philistines, who were constantly harassing the Israelites during this period of history, it came to pass that they again gathered an army. And prepared for yet another war against Israel, and they camped in Sunan. And Saul gathered together all Israel, and came to jailboy. Saul saw that army of the, the saw the army of the Philistines, and he was very much afraid, and his heart was much dismayed. He had consulted the Lord, but he had received no answer either by dream, or by priest, or by prophet. And finding himself forsaken by Almighty God, he decided to consult an evil spirit. Many years previously, Sop had banished all magicians and soothsayers from the land. But after some difficulty, he discovered that a woman who practised witchcraft lived at Endor. He disguised himself and, accompanied by two companions, reached the cave at Endor. And begged the woman to raise the spirit of Samuel. Immediately on his asking for Samuel, she saw the prophet standing before her. Samuel now told him that his army would be defeated, and that he and his sons should die the next day. The battle commenced the following day, and the Israelites were defeated. With great slaughter, the battle was fought on Mount Gilboa, and there Israel was defeated. The Philistines fell upon Saul and his sons; Jonathan and two of his brothers fell. Saul himself was grievously wounded. He said to his armor bearer, "Draw thy sword and kill me." But when the armor bearer hesitated, Saul took his sword and fell upon it the Philistines found his body cut off the head and sent it together with Saul's armour into their country a man came out of Saul's camp to David and cried the people are fled many are fallen Saul and Jonathan are slain David wept aloud and broke out into a lamentation thus ended Saul, the reign which had begun so well, the reign where he had shown such great promise, where he had shown great qualities of humility before the vocation which he was granted. But through little and little became impatient, became the interpreter of the instructions which Almighty God had given to him, became confident in himself, But yet at the same time, of all who are confident in themselves, also began eventually to lose that confidence, and ultimately to despair. He was consumed by jealousy against David, and instead of turning to Almighty God in repentance, he turned inwards towards himself and became neurotic, inconsistent, vacillating. So he had this ambivalent attitude, this love-hatred attitude towards David. And in despair, at the very end, instead of calling once again upon the Lord God with purity of heart and true humility, finding that God had forsaken him because, of course, he and his heart had forsaken God, he turns to witchcraft, and in despair, calls up Samuel. Ultimately, he commits suicide. Tragically, the negative qualities of his personality got the upper hand. And sadly, we can see in Saul more a figure of Judas than of anyone else. He who started off well, who was the faithful follower of Almighty God, who eventually turns in upon himself, becomes full of despair, and in impatience and, uh, and weakness, he uh, strives to outstrip God's providence.